Hey, 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 it's the Steve Maraboli podcast. Whispers of genius, echoes of madness. <laughs> madness, Stephanie. How's it going over there? It's going great. <laughs> it's warming up. It's nice. I got to you faster than I usually do. You did. Do. You I weren't know. ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I usually go through the whole thank you, everybody. But today I wanted to just start off with madness. <laughs> Now, thanks, everybody. So many people listen to the show. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me because it's just turn on a microphone and, and think out loud. And I'm really, really grateful that that what I say resonates. I try to be as as transparent and, you know, really transfer that idea that I bleed on paper as a mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. That life cuts me and I bleed on paper. I try to transfer that to the show and it seems to be resonating with a lot of people. So thank you, everybody. What do we got going on today, Steph? Well, we got a lot of great messages. We have some good feedback. Some social media going. Some social How media. amazing is that? Can I be a nerd for a second? Yeah. You post something. We could be anywhere in the world posting something to social media. At which point? At the time that we post it. Wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, whatever season it is, no matter what you're going through, no matter who you're with, no matter what's happening, you can look at it. And it could be something that I wrote when I was 20 years old. It could be something that I wrote two months ago. Mm-hmm. It could be <laughs> anything. It could be a feeling. It could be something that's incredibly um, personal to me. A lot of the stuff we write, I feel psychologically and emotionally naked uh, on social media to millions <laughs> of people. And, and, and so sometimes, not as much now as in the past where I'd be like, oh, that's up there. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Now I almost welcome it, um, but it's so incredible that we're able to do that. And when I, when I, sometimes when you say, hey, you know, our reach this month was, you know, 50 million or something, yeah. and you'll say something like that to me and you'll be like, that's like our average. And I won't believe you because that's so many people. So I'll log in myself on the sneaky sneak. <laughs> I'll log in myself and wow. Yeah. There's like 50, 60, 70 million people. Yeah. And it's just insane to me. And then I'll look at some of the peaks, like where it's peaking at a hundred plus million people. It's just, that's just so many people. And it's only something we can do now in the past 20 years that something like that exists where you could do it instantly. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how other people, other writers like Thoreau or Shakespeare, how, how, how would they do in the age of social media? Well, we're going to do an entire show and, (laughs) and in the new book, I have a whole, you know, a piece in the new book, which I'm sure, let the record show, <laughs> in this book, I know that in many ways I'm setting myself up for a public execution. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who know me, there's nothing that makes me <laughs> happier than that. But I'm sure one chapter, which is called Don't Meet Your Heroes, is is one of mm-hmm. those where it's uh, I discuss what that might have been like. Um how many heroes we may lose because of our very, very off view of ourselves yeah, uh, and what we expect from our messengers and, and what we don't know about the great messengers we have, what we don't know about them that may have disqualified them from being <laughs> such. So as you know, me, there's a pot. I want to stir it. Yeah. Here we go. So that is that is a good point because does that take away from the message? Yeah. We see in our own culture now with some of the great messengers and some of the great artists, how quickly we are for some mm-hmm. to disqualify them completely from 
from socialism from from socialized interaction how we quickly it's the cancel culture yeah. as they call it. how quickly we cancel them right or some were like ah you're not nice but we do like <laughs> this aspect of you and we kind of ignore it so it's pretty interesting how that works yeah. but uh but yeah for for me getting back to what what I'm grateful for is that we can do that. Is that if if there is a message of hope, I may wake up feeling, mm-hmm. and I do reach out and say, "Hey, let's post this one tonight." I know it's not what you had scheduled, but just woke up feeling this. Can you post this? I know that I need to read this. Yeah, I need this reminder from <laughs> young me, mm-hmm. from young ambitious. <laughs> Go get them. Just get back up and wipe yourself off me. Uh, I need that message. And so uh, maybe someone else needs it as well. And then when yeah. you post it and I take a sneak peek at some of the comments and it's like, dude, that's exactly what I needed. That, that makes me feel good. And when you realize how many people saw it and it is what they needed but didn't comment. Yeah. You, you know, that's going to be a lot of how many things have you loved in your life that you didn't comment on? You know, it's right. most things, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, it's just really really awesome so thank you everybody uh don't forget to check out our social media pages and share and um, make sure you're dealing with only the blue verified check marks it seems like the imposters are at it again so yep never really stopped but they do it in waves Mm -hmm. um and they seem to be mastering the english language a little bit better (laughs) so it's it's new people it's it's, it's, so it's it's catching some people but yeah make sure you're only interacting with the blue verified check mark and uh and i really appreciate it and steph as we continue on as we as we sort through things are opening up in the yeah. world cities are open up some cities are just open they're just at it other cities like the the one uh that i live in not so much right not so no. much open but but eagerly open to the idea of being <laughs> open um and as we see all the all in between and you know try to sort through the political stances and posturings that are happening now and the the social racial implications of mm-hmm. things that are happening now so you're starting to see some ugly again yeah every single time anything happens uh, it could be as simple as a slow a snowstorm never mind a, a huge pandemic we see how thin the veil of civility is mm-hmm. and so uh keep your head in the game folks keep your your mind and your humanity and and uh and and we know what's right not always easy but we know what's right uh and keep in mind for your own life as you open your own life back up and everyone says new normal and mm-hmm. you have people like me they're like oh you hated normal why would you <laughs> want normal you know and and but just keep as you do open up your life again as you do wander back into your trajectory of where you're going and what you're doing keep in mind that what made this good and meaning positive when you read the positive things people are taking from this experience of quarantined or or being locked down mm-hmm. or being uh, um not being able to be close to some people was a blessing for yeah. some <laughs> and and a curse for others so recognizing that when people describe what was happening with this and what what good they're taking mm-hmm. from this you'll often hear the word simplicity right mhm and I'm reminded and remind all of you that life is simple. I think one of the, the best things that I ever did was simplify my life. And I think that 
there is wisdom to simplicity. I think that's what you see in all theological readings, regardless of the God or the prophet, you will often read where their advice is to simplify, whether it be the Judeo-Christian Jesus saying, you have the mind of a child, like go back into, they're talking about going into the simplicity mm-hmm. uh, of things, to free yourself, to to re- reduce the burden. You'll You'll hear it, you'll hear it phrased in so many different ways, but it's all telling you to simplify because life is simple as we've gone over it's just not easy and so use this opportunity in the end what we want is happiness right that's what our goal is we are happiest when we're happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know i mean we're happiest when we're happy it is when we we seek gratitude for happiness when we when we even say things like finding gratitude you are finding happiness where we use gratitude as a vehicle a doorway to be happy oh yeah we don't do gratitude for the sake of being grateful right we say right. it like that, but we're not actually doing mm-hmm. that. We're using it as the vehicle to happy. And so when we're looking for happiness, remember that it is found most abundantly in simplicity. That's why you do see that those ideas of simplifying. Who's happier than kids? They just play with each other and everyone makes those social things. You mm-hmm. see, it's a, you, have a, you have different colors, different religions, kids just playing because mm-hmm. they're just kids. Well, that's a simplified view. They are seeing someone they're playing with. They're not looking at it any other way. Right. They're not mm-hmm. co- complicating their view with how complicated the other person's views are. Yeah. Happiness and simplicity. And so... When you're engaging back in and re-engaging into what is your life, as we open up not only our cities, but our lives again, and we reintegrate the social flow of our lives, let's remember that there are some people who may find happiness in (laughs) non-simplicity. There are some people who may find happiness or what they confuse for happiness, which is addiction. To drama, mm-hmm. to chaos, to this drama-filled life. And so what I learned a long time ago was the, the difficult task of politely excusing yourself from those kind of relationships. You know, Steph, this is life. What I'm saying anyone can resonate with because we all have those people. And sometimes, like me, you've been that person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure why some some people will choose to engulf themselves in in drama, but they do. And a lot of times, for some reason, they want to allow me to partake in their drama buffet, right? But no thanks. And so you start recognizing that that life is, there's stress in the complex, when things get complicated, they get stressed. When mm-hmm. when you say, remember the old social media when you were describing your relationship and you one of the options you got to pick was it's complicated? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're uh-huh. not making it sound easier. Right. That's not the way of going, yay, this is Disney. <laughs> By saying the word complicated, you are implying stress. Oh. 
Oh, that's really interesting. So、mm-hmm. you know that there's stress in the complex, and there is happiness in the simple. When when people live in the chaotic lives and they go on vacation, I'm just gonna go sit on the cabin on the lake.、Mm-hmm. I'm gonna canoe. <laughs> they're not complicating things; they're simplifying things. Right. I'm on a boat in the water. How <laughs> bad can life be? It, it's not because you're in simplicity. And there's happiness and simplicity. So, recognizing as we as we go back into this flow of life, recognizing that words are important. And what we used to attribute growing when I was growing up and when I was、uh, reading and reading and reading, I keep hearing these wisdom, quote unquote, wisdom books that we're talking about growing wise and growing spiritual. And I, they're wrong. Every single one of them are wrong. And this was before I figured out. Side note: most of the shit you're reading. Is maps? It, it's authors and gurus and specialists who are offering you a map to somewhere they have never been.、Hmm. And so it looks good. It sounds good. It's intellectual、mm-hmm. masturbation. There's thrills and there's chills and there's goosebumps, but nothing's born of it. You know why? Because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> see, you got me cursing stuff. <laughs> I know. You see what happens? I'm telling something good, and you get me wound up. So, the growing that I was attributing to becoming more mature、mm-hmm. in finding my happy place—it's actually not growing. It's the opposite. It's shrinking. You don't grow spiritual. You shrink spiritual. You don't grow happy. You shrink happy. Your life doesn't grow happy. It shrinks happy as you cut away the nonsense that emotionally weighs you down. So if you think about it, how would your life be different if you cut away people who try to pull you down, cut out their drama-filled lives? What what drama in your own life could you cut out? How could you be a more simplified friend for someone else? A more simplified family member. How often have you dealt with family that the issues you have with family are the complex, not the simple?、Mm-hmm. We've talked about relationships and friendship versus love, and with with love. When we talk about this, the complicated relationships are fighting relationships. But when there's accepting and updated versions of each other, and kindness and friendship, it is simplicity. I don't care what you're into. Tell me what you're into.、Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No, I don't a- agree with you. But tell me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. It, it, so for me, it's a great way to live. It's a great way to communicate. It's a great way to relate with others. To simplify it all,、mm-hmm. and to just appreciate this journey. So there's been extensive studies on this, on how. The stress caused by drama and negativity affects our lives and how it affects our bodies. Nobody feels great. Oh, I had a really stressful day and I dealt with stressful people, so I feel amazing. <laughs> Nobody said that ever. No, it's no always、one. you've gotten off the phone with someone and you want to take a nap,、yeah. or the phone rings and you see their name and you get like that pit in your stomach.、Yeah. Like, no, you can't <laughs> click the red button fast enough. You know what I mean?、Yeah. We've all. We've all done that,、um, and so w- we have to learn to break this cycle. And what better than a global pandemic that forced the reset button, that forced the life's control alt delete? It forced it. So now, are you going to do the same thing that brought you to where you were? Did you go through everything? Go through, and then there's a global pandemic, so you to start doing the same shit you were doing before? <laughs> no. No. I mean, you can. 
But don't. And then you just keep you just keep standing in line at the self help <laughs> section, the personal enhancement section of the yeah. bookstores. They keep regurgitating the same bullshit that they've been doing mm -hmm. since the dawn of time, instead of just telling you, "Hey, that doesn't feel good. Stop." Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, you you digging yourself a deep hole? Mm -hmm. Stop digging. Hey, you want to get out of that hole? Start filling. Right. Yeah. Like, do if you want to undo it, just do the very <laughs> opposite thing you did to do it. Like instead of just saying that, well, oh, good. Now that you're there, check out these magic crystals. Right. And then say these words five times while facing west. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's definitely what got me in this <laughs> hole. Was not saying this and facing east. Yeah. No. What got me in this hole was a certain behavior. What's going to get me out is the opposite behavior. Mm -hmm. And so we start recognizing this simplicity. So as we reemerge in society, let's break this cycle. Love yourself enough to break this cycle. Love yourself enough to not just talk about change. Love yourself enough not just to identify, oh, I can't wait till things get back to normal, and then realize you hated normal. I'm like, shit, I don't want things to get back mm -hmm. to normal. Love yourself enough to not just recognize that normal sucked. Love yourself enough to change it, to take the actions required for your happiness, to cut yourself loose from the drama-filled past, to love yourself enough to move on, to move on in a healthy manner. You know, happiness will always be and has always been found in the simplest of things it's found in gratitude it's it's, it's a, a kept promise a good conversations if you sometimes you you make your bed and you're happy yeah mm -hmm. it's in the simple things you had three things on your to-do list to do <laughs> and you did them and it could yeah. be the simplest thing and that dopamine kicks in mm -hmm. and you're like yes i could take <laughs> over the world and all you did was make your bed and put something away but but that's where the happiness is found in a good conversation and love and friendship and an achieved goal, no matter what the size, in a fond memory, in all the simple magnificence of life. Mm. That's where happiness is found. I love that. Right. So free yourself from the complexities of the dramas that that you are glad to be socially distanced from. Mm hmm. You know, free of those who live it, those who share it, get rid of all the gossips you've been around long enough to see that can never be helpful. Cut it away. There's a there's a plaque in the, the office that says, save the drama for your mama. <laughs> and so, and, and you know, what's great is whenever I say that, I get 10, 20, 30 people raise their hands like I'm their mama. No, don't <laughs> save it for me either. You know, just cut it away. Yeah. Happiness isn't a thing to be achieved. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that you experience. It's a way of life. It's not something you have. It's something you are. It's something you experience when you live accordingly. It's a choice you make to love yourself enough to live within that vehicle of gratitude. To finally turn away from the devilish invitation to complicate things. To recognize that there is happiness in simplicity. That simplicity is the vehicle to good health. Simplicity. You want to be healthier? Mm -hmm. Watch what you eat and exercise. Simple. Simple. Not easy. 
but simple. When Einstein was asked, hey, how does this work? He said something so simple. Hey, you see everything here? Mm -hmm. You see everything you want to do? You see everything you want to be? You see everything you want to create? Einstein's simple answer was, nothing happens until something moves. Simple. Simple. So move. As you reintegrate in your life, as you reintegrate in this thing, move towards simplicity. Because when you move towards simplicity, it, it is, it's, it's almost against what you think, but it's actually the most true thing. It is, seems counterintuitive, but it's not. It's the most powerful thing you to do. A move towards simplicity is, an, is a move towards effectiveness. And that's what brings your life it brings it to that next level. You want to think things come alive. You want to see things burst with life. Introduce simplicity. We know what happens when you introduce complication. Kills mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Including your mood. Mm -hmm. Introduce simplicity and watch everything come to life. I think that that's where a lot of people get it wrong. I mean, well, not get it wrong, but they just don't know. You know, you said... Nothing happens until something moves. With happiness, well, I think. Said. We well, often well, that's get confused with each other. Well, well you just said it's the quoting. Hair. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yes, Einstein said that. Well, when you were quoting Einstein, I think a lot of people, they want it to come to them. Well, happiness is brought to me. But here's the thing people bring me happiness. Steph, Money you brings see, me you're happiness. You're a shitster you know? because you know what you're doing to me right now. You're yeah, well, no, that's what people you're think. But you know why they think that. <laughs> because they're told that by this magical shit that I'm telling you doesn't work. Yeah. The exactly. magical shit that they're buying at the bookstore mm -hmm. and that they get the guru 101 who yep. has less success than you telling yeah. you how to be successful. We know how that works. Mm -hmm. We know that they're using a system. We've seen it. We've seen it just that we don't pay attention to it. So we listen to what they say. So we say, oh, there is a spiritual law. Right, because they all whisper. They whisper. There's a spiritual law, and if you just want it with every cell in your body and create the vision for it, the universe conspires in your favor. But then that guru goes on a twenty-city tour. Yeah. <laughs> and his and his publishing company, they spend a million dollars to advertise everywhere because that's mm -hmm. how you heard of this freaking thing to yeah. begin with. Because they have incredible campaign. Mm -hmm. They make a basically a movie trailer of mm -hmm. the book. They do all these things. They prepay these huge um, uh, tours that the author pays for. It's part of their advance. Yeah. And so it's all of these things, and you just and they're telling you all you have to do is put the put the thought out there but they're working their asses off that's yeah. not all you have to do it takes a lot of dedication commitment and sometimes in that case money to create that and the people buying those books have none of that mm -hmm. and so they buy it and they feel empty because they told they were told it's a universal law and in their head it's so messed up in their head they think why don't these universal laws apply to me Oh. Because you were lied to, not because you're anything less than anyone else. And so, yes, you're right. They're waiting for it mm -hmm. because they were sold something that isn't true. Yeah. And if they paid attention, the person saying it wasn't following it either. You get me started. I do. You do get me started. We got some popular posts this yeah. week. Yeah, we have a lot of great popular posts. See how I move along the you show did. because I was about to start stirring stuff. Well, it's important for people to know. They know. They know. The reason that people feel pain yeah. is because they know. We know the answer. 
and it's it creates an anguish in us. We know that the answer is simple. If I want to be healthier, I have to watch what I eat and exercise. But here's the thing. Cake's delicious and exercise sucks. <laughs> so instead, let me read this. And if I just take this pill, yeah. but I don't pay attention to the, to the commercial, because on the commercial, it has these incredibly attractive people who are probably also younger than I am. Incredibly attractive. They're walking on the beach. They're having mm-hmm. a great time. They're not at work. No. Why aren't they at work in the commercial? <laughs> but they're on the beach. They're walking around. They look good. And I'm watching the commercial and I'm seeing it good. And they're talking about this pill. And if you just take the pill and then in the small print and in the small voice, they, they say, this pill along with diet and exercise, helps you look and feel amazing. And you're like, you miss the along with diet and exercise thing. But guess what? Putting a banana peel on your head, walking around with that, along with diet and exercise, also makes you healthier and look better. We can do that all day. Wearing one shoe, also (laughs) diet and exercise, will make, in that sense, I can make that commercial with anything like that and not be lying because I know that I'm deceiving the people watching because I'm distracting them while i tell them the most important part which is about two seconds of that commercial which is the <laughs> along with diet, the and, diet exercise. and exercise and so yeah. yes you're right steph and you did it again <laughs> i know you i did, did it again it's let's so do popular good. post because we're like 20 minutes in okay and and i want to i like to keep this at an hour because i just feel like we're, that's where i lose them that's where they lose me and you are dangerous today. I am. You want me to start fights today and I'm not ready today, but oh, I'm going to be ready. <laughs> you know what's something I learned? <laughs> Tell Steph, me. Tell me. <laughs> that you're starting this today. Starting to sweat is what's happening here. <laughs> what I learned is I'm so comfortable with my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable with where I'm flawed, where I'm great and where I'm horrible. I'm so comfortable with my shadow and, and, and with my saintness. I'm so comfortable with that bright and shadow i'm so comfortable with where i i can sit peacefully and have a great conversation with god and sit peacefully and have a great conversation with the devil i'm so comfortable with that and it entertains my audience but that same comfort i have with all that stuff terrifies the world of gurus Mm. Because I'm also comfortable talking about their shit. Yep. And that's what you're starting to stir, which I'm ready to talk about later, but not today. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going with current popular posts. And now it's time for current popular posts. Why don't we have that like a radio show? Okay. Now it's time for... Current popular posts. I just do the different voices. It's always me. It's always you. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Okay. This is, this is coming from social media, right? Yes. Okay. Ready. Okay. The distance you kept during my struggle, please double that during my success. Oh, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a plea. It's a plea for the for the cowards of the world. A plea from the coward. I don't mind that you're a coward, but I've noticed that you're a coward. Yeah. And there are some people that are here to participate, and there are some people that are here to cheer on. I learned when I was in the military, it was great. I learned so many great things in the military while scared, while laughing, while meeting people who believe different things than I do, act different ways that I act, uh, live different ways than I have. I, I loved my military service. Amongst those things that I was taught was when when I would find myself, I was really fortunate to have good people around me and my work ethic got me put into some elite categories. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes you feel not guilty, but you kind of feel weird because you are on a team. So getting selected separately for things is kind of a weird feeling, right? And I was also, side note, a kid. Right. I was 18 to 22. Wow. A baby. <laughs> I was a baby. So so fortunately, there are adults around. <laughs> and adults, the, the the mature ones, maybe ones that had kids, mm-hmm. um, were, would offer some advice. And some of the advice sometimes is really funny, the way that they say it. And some of it's insightful and some of it's both. Mm-hmm. And on one occasion, I remember, I forgot, this is how important it was. I forgot what I was feeling that way about. I forgot what I was selected for that I felt Mm kind of weird about, (laughs) but I will never forget a a sergeant who said to me, hey, Maraboli, it's just what it is, man. It's, it's, we can't, we can't all be, um, uh, we can't all be in the parade. Somebody's got to be on the curb clapping when we walk by. Wow. And he said it in a way that he was being funny. And mm-hmm. at the time, I remember it laughing. And even mm-hmm. as I say it now, it's funny-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a great point. In everything you've ever been to that's big, there are people, a very small select people on the field. And the vast majority are either cheering or booing in the stands. Oh, That right. is life. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the people who are sitting at home on the couch yeah. <laughs> telling you how much your quarterback sucks, <laughs> how much the 0.0001% of professional mm-hmm. athletes on TV with laser calibrated <laughs> um, accuracy, how he sucks and your ass on the couch is amazing. But that's a different story. My point is there's a few people in it and the rest are cheering, booing. Yeah. So when you're struggling, that's where you learn the who's who and the what's what. Right. And so for me, um, this 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 general idea of, hey, if you kept your distance during my struggle, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. B- but you showed me the who's who and the what's what. Just double it during my success. Yeah. Don't ignore me when I'm on the bus. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, I'm awesome when there's a limo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't don't do that. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. That's outdated friendship for me. That's not that anymore. So I love that that was popular because it means it resonated with a lot of people. And so for me, that's a uh, that's good. And you have to remember that the people you're talking to with this one, the distance you kept during my struggle, please double that during during my success. The people you would be pointing that at. They're not going to. This is a conversation you actually have to have. Oh. So this is this is you either actively having this conversation or mm-hmm. actively no longer making yourself as accessible to those people as you used mm-hmm. to, um, because uh, because they've revealed themselves who who they are. Remember, stressful situations make masks fall off. Oh, I like that. They do. Yeah. Stressful situations make masks fall off. And so we see that. And now when you see that, pay attention, take note, because you're still in the middle of your struggle, so Mm -hmm. you don't have time to focus on their shit. But just take note that that they disappear during your struggle. Mm Mm-hmm. And and when they come back, when, when you're when you're back and you're suddenly someone they want to be close to, remind them of that distance. Either actually reminding them or just having them notice that 
you've moved on. Right. Well, you have to protect your emotional self defense. Mm -hmm. Emotional self defense. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm glad that one yeah. was popular. Okay. So, oh, we posted. Oh, there was a really funny one. Lord, if he's not for me, give me a sign. Oh, so that's the one with the signs on top of that yeah, lady? Yeah, the sign fell on the lady. That is so funny. Well, because, again, we are so... I have so much fun with this because we really are the human species, <laughs> us, the, our version of primate. We're so funny, myself included. Mm -hmm. This is like we're just on a huge zoo. We're That's just, what I said. It's, it's just we're on a huge the zoo. The aliens come and visit. Right, right, right. <laughs> when you say the aliens, but it is like a huge zoo of yeah. primates and yeah. we're just interacting. And where we are with, if he's not for me giving me a sign, it, it reminds me so much that in so many ways we are, it's like we're holding a lit torch looking for fire. Yeah. Right, because we're uh -huh. just so ridiculous. <laughs> um, and you'll have someone who's crying every day mm -hmm. in a relationship and then saying, just show me a sign. Yeah. Well, you're crying every day. What else? <laughs> what else? If any other human, if your kid was crying every day at something, you wouldn't mention yeah. the kid. Hey, maybe this isn't for you, huh? <laughs> what do you think, huh? If, what what else could you apply that to? If you put on shoes every day that made you cry, <laughs> you'd say like, hey, maybe these shoes not for me, huh? <laughs> like we know it in yeah. every other way. But when we want something, it goes back to the thing. Like I, it's no one on earth said, hey, listen, when I have this cake, <laughs> I feel so much better, lighter and amazing. Like nobody says, oh, I have cake every day and it's I'm, I'm my abs are back. Like mm -hmm. nobody no. says that. So we know it. Mm -hmm. But when it applies to certain things like relationships, like food, right. we kind of we don't even lie to ourselves. We just ignore it. We just ignore <laughs> yeah. it where we wouldn't ignore it in mm -hmm. any other place. You're crying every day. Hey, show me a sign. Dude's. Dude, like we're debating on whether to kick somebody out of a relationship or end a relationship that they left a year ago. <laughs> That's it. You're not coming back. I'm going to email. Oh, I don't have his cell phone anymore. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait. You don't have his cell phone anymore. And you're going to break up with him. Here's the news. Your relationship's been over. Like that's, you're going to send a breakup email. Yeah. Your shit's been over for a while. <laughs> So it send, you, send a send a breakup fax yeah. like you're fired and back to the future. Right, and back to the future. You send that. So we we do we are we are silly. Sometimes yeah. people reach out in DMs or they call and they're like, "Okay, Steve, I have I know you talk about flags and sign, but here's my question for you." <laughs> my answer is like, "Yes," before they even start. <laughs> yes, and you know, yes. You wouldn't be asking if you didn't know. Yes, yeah. you're just hoping I say no. Oh no, of course that's normal. Mm -hmm that he disappears on nights and weekends. <laughs> of course it's normal that you're texting each other and then he said, no, only contact me on WhatsApp <laughs> or only contact me through Instagram Messenger. Yeah. Of course that's normal. There's nothing shady at there. <laughs> now, of course I'm not going to say that and you know that you wouldn't be asking. Yeah. The universe is math. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand, if you're confused by someone's behavior, then you're looking at the equation wrong he loves me then why doesn't he talk to me on nights and weekends oh you're confused because you're looking at the sum which is he doesn't talk to me on nights and weekends mm -hmm. and you think the equation is he loves and appreciates me oh that's so huge. so 
you're just looking at it wrong. Mm-hmm. You're you're holding the number seven and you're saying, but why is it seven if it's one plus one? Well, because it's not one plus one. <laughs> it could be five plus two. It could be six yeah. plus one. It could be four plus three. But I'll tell you what it's not. Uh-huh. One plus one. Right. So if you're conf- if you're looking at the sum and you're confused, the universe is math. The universe mm-hmm. didn't do that to you. You did that to you. Mm-hmm. Then you're confused about the equation. The equation you have is wrong. If you change the equation, huh, he doesn't love or respect me, which is why I'm holding. I don't hear from him on nights and weekends. Ta-da. Wow. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. Again, the equation it, the you, the universe is math. Mm-hmm. So if you're confused about something, it's because you're looking at the equation wrong. Think about that. Boo boo. What what that. other popular posts we got, Steph? Stop breaking yourself into bite-sized pieces to serve others. Stay whole and let them choke. Brutal. I and I think this one comes naturally to people. Oftentimes not too late because there is no too late, mm-hmm. but too late in the sense that they wish they had done it earlier. Yeah. It's it's why when we wrote um, Unapologetically You years ago, why that term became so popular, why the idea mm-hmm. of doing it without apology became popular because we're so used to apologizing for ourselves. We're so used to dimming our own shine, mm-hmm. not being weird. I write in this new book, The Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. (laughs) I write about the race to be unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Everyone looks the same. (laughs) You all look the same. And if anyone looks different, we mock and make fun and bully them into looking the same. Mm -hmm. It's boring. And we seek it. And what happens sometimes is one of the most tragic things that happen to us is we get exactly what we seek. Now you're bored Hmm. and you know the answers and you know you've minimized yourself and you have that internal thing talking, 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 talking. It doesn't stop talking just because you've convinced the people around you that you think like them doesn't mean that internal dialogue that is greater than that doesn't stop. It won't let you lie to yourself so it keeps talking to you. As you break yourself into pieces to serve others, it reminds you how whole you are and that hurts and we find ways to anesthetize ourselves to deal with the pain of living less than we are. So yeah, stop. (laughs) Stay whole. Mm -hmm. Let them choke. The people who are for you won't choke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The people who are for you will not choke. Mm-hmm. The people choking, they're not for you. Yeah. If you can't stand me being me, I'm not the problem and you're not the problem. Mm-hmm. We're just not for each other. Yeah. Learn that. The younger you learn that, the better off you are. Simple. The shoes keep making you cry. Maybe they're not for you. That's it. Maybe they're Doesn't for mean they're not else. great shoes. Doesn't mean they're not <laughs> anything else. They're just for you. It's avocado for me. Yeah. Right, avocado is mm-hmm. a perfect example. Yeah, avocado is literally known as a superfood. Mm-hmm. It's amazing for me. It's poison. I'm allergic. It's excruciating pain. It feels like someone's stabbing me. It's literally stabbing me. It's horrible <laughs> and it's sad because I'm missing out because avocado sounds amazing. Yes, and so, but 
What does that mean? It just means it's not for me. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it could be great for someone else. It is great mm -hmm. for someone else. <laughs> but for me, you can tell me that those of you out there, you've never dated anyone. You've never been with anyone who everyone else is like, oh, they're great. And you're like, what? <laughs> they're like, they might be evil incarnate. <laughs> and yet you're saying they're great. Mm -hmm. And maybe for them, they are. Your experience of them is great. For me, mm -hmm. no thanks. Right. And so, uh, yeah, we have to uh, pay yeah. attention to that. Uh, moving forward, people who haven't been through shit, seen shit, or done shit, telling me they would have handled my situation differently. That's my favorite. Cheer or boo, I don't care. Keep your zombie ass on the bleachers because I'm just getting started. Oh, that's such a good one. That's one that... that you guys caught during some sort of talk or something, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Because that sounds like a very in-mid talk. Yeah. <laughs> As in something yeah. I'd necessarily write. That's mm -mm. something I would say. And so, yeah, people who haven't been through shit, seen shit or done shit, telling me that they would have handled my situation differently, that's my favorite. Cheer or boo, I don't care. Keep your zombie ass on the bleachers because I'm just getting started. That's me to the cowards. That's me to the, the people who cower at change. That's me mm -hmm. to the people who are scared to stand out, who are scared to not look the same. This is what a writer looks like. No, it's not. <laughs> this is what a poet looks like. No, it isn't. This is what a fighter looks like. No, it's not. This is what an academic looks like. No, it's not. This is the people. This is what, what it looks like is the people who haven't done shit. Mm hmm the pioneers in every field. I don't care what field. The pioneer are the one who did not look like everyone else. And the cowards that get in line. <laughs> the cowards they want to look the same and sound the same. The cowards that are on the assembly line of impotence. As I get older, the less patience and the less even desire I have to deal with them. Because they are zombies. They're just doing zombie things. Mm -hmm. And zombies look like zombies. And they act like zombies. And you see a group of people there. You don't say, look, there's Jim. <laughs> no, you just say, look, there's zombies. <laughs> they all, they are different shapes, sizes, and colors, but their behavior makes them the same. Mm -hmm. They blend in. No thanks. And then guess what they do, Steph? What? Like the guy sitting on the chair yelling at a professional athlete. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't have done that. I know you wouldn't have done mm -hmm. that because you haven't done shit. <laughs> because you think you're wild and crazy because you left work five minutes early. <laughs> of course you wouldn't have done that. Well, I would never. I would never behave in such a way because you've never been in that situation. Mm -mm. You're going to tell me that had you been surrounded by what I was surrounded by, been in what I've been and done what I've done, that you would have handled it differently? No. No, you have things that you describe as a man cave. You would have not ever handled the way that I live. So for you to comment on that is for me, cheer or boo, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, you're cheering and booing, which means you're not even in the game. Mm -mm. You're talking about the game. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the game. You're wearing a shirt with someone's name on it who's in the game. That's how removed from the game you are is that you're not even wearing your own name on your body. I don't need your opinion. I'm not here for the victories. I'm here for the scars. 
I'm I'm here for all of it. So yes, sometimes when you're like, he sucks, you're mm-hmm. right. Sometimes you're like, he's amazing, you're right. When you say sometimes he won, you're right. When you say sometimes he lost, you're right. When you say, sometimes he did the right thing, it's amazing, you're right. When you done he's done a shitty thing, what an asshole, you're right. The length, depth, and breadth of everything this life has to offer. I want to be rich. I want to be poor. I want to be in love. I want to be heartbroken. I've done it all so far. And you haven't done shit. You're waiting for the couple of times that someone allows you to take a break. A couple of times that someone allows you to go eat. Some of you have to ask permission of when you can go pee. Don't cheer or boo and think you're influencing me at all. I did more before I was 22 than most of you would do in 10 lifetimes. And I haven't even started yet. So keep wearing other people's names on your back. Keep cowering every time someone looks different. Keep doing it. In the end of the day, it's the people like me who are at the front of the room with the fucking microphone while you're sitting in the audience taking notes, while you're doing your best to tell the people around you how horrible we are so they don't recognize and take a look at how bland you are. Take note. And yes, this is what I said and you guys wrote it. And that's why I was probably giving some sort of talk like that. I got to. I'm just getting started. This is. um. This is a preview of the book <laughs> Whispers of Genius Echoes of Madness. That's almost yeah. the whole book yeah. is, is just. Yeah. There's no one safe, especially me yeah. in that book. You, you got to pause it for a second. I got to get a hose. You are on fire. <laughs> wow. Wait, 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 wait. That was a good one. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh. Oh, we posted a picture of your parents. The uh, my parents, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Empire, the Empire State Building, no, not the Empire State the Building, Twin, uh, Towers. Twin Towers one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's like nineteen. I'm gonna go with nineteen seventy. I mm-hmm. think my mom looks like she's twelve. Mm-hmm. My dad <laughs> yeah. looks like he's sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're uh eighteen and twenty-two, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, uh. Yeah, my mom had just gotten to the good old USA. I have one in that same place of just my dad the year earlier. Oh. And and half the second tower is built. That's so cool. I should post that one. Mm-hmm. Um, half the second tower is built, so I have that one of just my dad. But the one you're talking about is mm-hmm. my mom and my dad. She had gotten here, and they took that picture. The second tower is still being built. Mm-hmm. I think it's all the way up, but they still have... The outside yeah. too, and probably some of the inside. The the towers would re would open officially two years after that picture was taken. Wow! Because I think they were opened in seventy two. So yeah, I love that. That's that's positive. Mm-hmm. Use I think when you sent me that picture, we wrote about not let don't let your history mm-hmm. interfere with your destiny. Yeah, that was the essence of that. They both came from, an. Uh, uh, listen, to be honest, I don't really know. So. All I know, and I try not to talk about my private life mm-hmm. because I'm the only one who decided in my family to turn on a microphone and talk to the world. Yeah. So I try not. I try to keep my family life out of this as much as possible. But where my parents come in, I don't really know, Steph. Like what? I just know they were really, really poor. Mm-hmm. So on my dad's side, there's, there's like 18 kids wow in like 
abject poverty mm-hmm. um, in South America. Traveled from Italy to South America, mm-hmm. and then had all, my grandma, my dad's mom, was was pregnant for twenty years straight. Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine that. His dad's a dock worker. Mm-hmm. I don't think educated, based on just yeah. <laughs> based on what I base it on. I yeah. don't think he was too educated, but a workhorse, right? Right, work ethic. Uh, that that work ethic, mm-hmm. um, and yeah mom pregnant for 20 years and a lot of kids and um my dad's childhood seemed non-existent seems like he was working since he was what we would call a toddler basically mm-hmm. yeah. um and and doing like hard work for a long time um my mom uh um, raised by her aunt mm-hmm. not by her mom um, her mom you know, was doing dealing with her own stuff and, mm-hmm. and didn't didn't raise some of her kids. And so my mom raised by her aunt uh, and didn't seem to live seem to have lived more a life of, of what we would call an indentured servant wow. than than a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to she was working at a really young age. Uh, family business stuff as well. So did not also have the greatest childhood. Mm-hmm. And these two kids somehow <laughs> met and, and, and devised a plan without mm-hmm. internet, without anything like that, decided we're getting the beep out of here. <laughs> I'm My dad says, I'm going to work here. I'm working in, he was in the merchant Marines at the time. He said, I'm going to go, we can go to, the, to America. I'm going to get the work visa and I'm going to go in and I'm going to work, 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 work. And then we're going to get together and we're going to come over and we're going to build a life there. We're going to leave this place behind. No internet, just old mm-hmm. fashioned air mail. Yeah. And they followed their plan. And my dad uh, um, took the stop and got the work visa here in, in New York, got on the, the shortest, least expensive train ride from New York City to Long Island, <laughs> which happened to be uh, the hometown and went there, got off the train went to the first there's a there's a at the time there was a diner at the corner right next to the train station mm-hmm. walked into that diner with his broken english and said i know how to cook and i know how to wash dishes they said okay come back tomorrow <laughs> and then he walked around um and not far from that diner there was it doesn't exist there anymore either there was a, a mechanic slash welding place mm-hmm. where they welded steel and worked on big trucks and stuff like that he went over there and said, hey, I was in the Merchant Marines. I know basic mechanics. I can definitely clean engine parts and stuff like that and be helpful as a helper, but I have a great work ethic. Old school Italians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you listening out there know who ran those kinds of businesses <laughs> back then It was in welding and steel mm-hmm. and that kind of old school Italians. They looked at my dad and made the exception mm-hmm. because he did have that Italian last name and he's Italian their family just happened to, like many Italian families, you know, escape during the, the wartime mm-hmm. to South America. And so they gave him a shot. And his work ethic, he, they, they became, he became family to that Italian family because of his work ethic, his dedication to that. And he was always storing away money. And they said, you know, what are you doing? He said, listen, I'm storing away because I have a woman I'm going to marry and bring to the United States. They said, you're going to marry? He said, yeah, we made the plan. Mm-hmm. And he told them exactly what. And back then it worked a little differently than it does now, I think. 
I think that it's not this way now, but I know it was that way then. This Italian family said, yeah, man, we need people like you here. We will sponsor you. So they actually arranged the legality of him being able to marry my mom. <laughs> like the paperwork and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. My dad had no idea how that that, <laughs> yeah. that even existed. Yeah. And so um, they arranged for the legality of it. Sign here, sign here, document here, document mm-hmm. here. Um, and then vouched, this family vouched for uh, my parents. And my mom came over here and uh, they vouched for them for the extended visas and work visas and, and stay visas. And my parents worked through that and, of course, eventually got their citizenship mm-hmm. um, and uh, and built this life and built this life and, and had three kids here and did did the great thing and and uh and stayed close to that family that family was you know how how people do sunday family time Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. um growing up our sunday was our family going over to that family's house oh i love that which which was above where what used to be the mechanic shop Mm -hmm. wow so we would actually go Every Sunday, as kids, we would go to the place where my dad first got work when he came to the USA. That is so cool. And, and it's like, so, so you'd have that history and you could just mm-hmm. see like that's a, wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I love that that picture is popular because I think it, it resonates with a lot of people. And most importantly for me, it's, it's you know, don't let, don't let your history interfere with your destiny. Yeah. If, if I could have seen my dad as an eight-year-old shining shoes in a, in a South American port city, shining shoes for whatever money he's making on a hot South American day, knowing that no matter what he's making, he's bringing home to his mom and dad mm-hmm. so that they can feed all these kids that they had. Mm-hmm. If you could just tell him, hey, man, just stay on it. Stay what you're doing. Would he believe that decades later, Inc. Magazine would call his kid the most quoted man alive? Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. You wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. When my mom was working as an indentured servant as a kid and and carrying herself at 11 years old doing God knows what they had her doing. If you would have told her, you're you're you'll have two highly decorated veterans in the USA. You'll have you'll have these you would you would never know. You you don't know what's waiting there. So if I can tell this story, especially especially with my mom having passed. When my mom passed away, you mm-hmm. remember one of yeah. the first things I said is that you, my job is to be her witness. Yeah. I'm going to tell this story. I'll break my, I don't say family things. I don't say friend things, mm-hmm. protocol. I'll break that for this story mm-hmm. because that's a story that should be told. If you if you didn't, just hang on and stay the course because you don't know what's going to come of this. Mm-hmm. Your history does not dictate your destiny. And if she had known that when, as as a as a little girl who felt abandoned, who felt invisible if she had known that she would live her life in such a way in a totally different country that when she died 
the main street of the town she lived in would have to be closed because of the amount of people who were going to her funeral. She would have never guessed it. So, yeah, I'm going to tell that story forever. Yeah, please don't stop. That's. Are you crying? Don't judge. Don't judging. <laughs> Remember when when I first wrote "Mom on the Eighth Floor" and I wasn't able to go through it without uh, crying? Yeah. I don't. I haven't tried it, but I don't know that I could read it without crying. Still, that yeah. one's a what? Which book book is that in? Unapologetically you. Unapologetically you. Mm-hmm. Mom on the Eighth Floor. Yeah. <gasps> brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. brutal. So I'll mock you right now, but yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> All right, you want to do some free advice? And I'm now. pep this up now that I mentioned my dying <laughs> mom. You guys want to pep this up. Ta-da. Ta-da. Let's do some free advice. Free okay. advice is questions from the listeners. And you can send these questions through DM. You can send these questions through our uh, stevemarabilly.net site. Uh, you can find our blog there. You could find our uh, all the info you might want on me. Most of the info you don't care about about me is also on there. And um, you could submit your questions. You could also DM on Facebook and Instagram. Just send a DM. We get so many of them, but we mm-hmm. pick them and reread them all. So, yeah. And I respond to most. Mm-hmm. So free advice. Now it's time for free advice. All right. But it's always my voice because this has to be, I want to be that like bland, the blend in the guru, the gurus who say you must let go of the <laughs> ego, but then there's a big picture of them on the cover of the book with oh. like a halo. Yeah. <laughs> you must let go of the ego, and then they call themselves master, or whatever. <laughs> Wait, what? Both those things can't exist. All right, but okay. but I'm gonna. All right. Every voice. segment is I'm like the old cartoons: first base, Bugs Bunny; second base, Bugs Bunny; third base, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. So now it's time for, but I want to do like my speaker voice, my presenter voice, radio voice, old school radio guy. Okay. And now it's time for free advice. Oh no. <laughs> that, it's like kind of That was creepy. like coast to coast-ish. Coast to coast AM with yeah, Art Bell. Yeah, that sounded kind of like. Time to talk aliens. Time to talk aliens. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm oh, ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to my ridiculousness. <laughs> All right, Olivia asks, thanks for your show. It hits home often. I remember you telling a story about baggage and holding it too long. I can't find what show it was on. Can you repeat it? Uh, yeah, sure. And thank you. Thank you for, for um, listening and thank you for sharing. I'm hoping you're sharing. Remember, Olivia and everyone else, if you find stuff on here that's interesting, someone else will too. Uh, we, we click share for so many things. Um, please make this show or our page one of them um, and we can help we can help people again it's never it doesn't cost anything literally doesn't cost anything so uh, thank you for that um, story about baggage I have a lot of stories about baggage holding it too long you think they're talking about um, the on the airplane yeah the airport mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the journey's baggage yeah so this this is actually a piece is called what's, the, the journey's baggage. Is it what book is that? Unapologetically you. And unapologetically you. There's a there's a story called Your Journey's Baggage, mm-hmm. and and what it basically is, Olivia. It was I was watching. I was traveling. This was a time where I was traveling incessantly. I I was doing three hundred hours on airplanes, <laughs> three hundred yeah. hours in airplanes, <laughs> um, and so I was traveling a lot. And on one particular occasion, I was. Um, 
arriving. I think I was arriving home and I just wanted to get out of there and just wanted to leave. And so I don't ever check a bag. Um, and so I got off the plane and I, uh, started heading towards the exit and you know, it's always a mad rush of people that are heading towards the exit. And, uh, I started hearing, you know, I started hearing, you know, daddy, 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 yay, you know, this commotion, <laughs> this excited commotion. And I remember looking, it was distracting. I remember looking and I, and I saw this dude who was like, maybe, I guess on my flight, I don't know, it's, it's an airport. Mm -hmm. So he could have been coming from any flight and we're all heading towards the exit. But here's this dude and, um, he's carrying his bags. If you can imagine, he has a bag in each hand and he's carrying the bag and he's walking towards this this ruckus of, <laughs> of kids who are so excited mm -hmm. stuff to see their dad who knows how long this guy was mm -hmm. gone. You know, I was just gone for a day and a half and who knows how long <laughs> this guy was gone. I want anyone to miss me as much as these kids missed his dad and as much love as they wanted to give their dad. And so, uh, he's, he walks towards them. They attack, they like run <laughs> towards his legs and they hug his legs and their heads are mm -hmm. right about like where his <laughs> hips are. Mm -hmm. So he's holding his bags out almost like doing like the, the, a cross with his hands, you know, so yeah. that he doesn't hit them in the head with the bags. <laughs> They're not paying attention to his bags. They're trying to, uh, hug their dad. Mm -hmm. And so he's holding his bags and he can't <laughs> touch them. He can't do mm -hmm. anything because he's holding these bags. And of course I start thinking like, wow, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the metaphor we have in life. Well, we're all going through these journeys, one journey after the next, one one roll, one trip mm -hmm. after the next, one journey after the next. And, and, and sometimes we're holding the baggage of our journey. And the love that we want, the love that's wanting us, the things, the great, all the good stuff, is right at our feet. But we can't touch it. We can't hold it. We can't experience it. We can't appreciate it. Unless we put down that baggage. Mm, yep. When he puts down those bags. He can pick up those kids. Mm -hmm. He can hug those kids. Mm -hmm. He can kiss his. I didn't notice a wife or not. <laughs> like I didn't notice. it was uh -huh. The love was so palpable. But until, no matter how much he wanted to hug them, no matter how much he loved them, no matter how much he missed them also, his back was towards me. He could have mm -hmm. been crying. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But what I do know is that until he put down those bags, mm -hmm. he could not pick up what was there now. Until you put down the baggage of a journey that has passed, you will not be able to pick up the blessings that are right at your feet. That I do know. And so, yes, Olivia, that's a great story and it's a great way to look at life. Put down that baggage. Put down the, the, all of that that emotional luggage. Put down that that grief case. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, put put that down. Because it's keeping you from picking up the good stuff. Briefcase. Show me a sign. But your kids have like Elsa on singing Let It Go in the background. <laughs> right. And you're like, I need a sign. I need a sign. That's <laughs> right. what I was picturing. When yeah. You're... No, that's, that's, <laughs> Show that's me exactly sign. right. Uh, you got to let it go. All right. Marco in South Africa. Do you think time travel is possible? Do you think it's happening? 
I I don't know if the type of time travel is possible. I don't know mm-hmm. if it is or isn't. Um, I assume you're you're thinking like time machine, time travel. I don't know. There's always that idea that if it was possible, we'd see something with it. And the idea that we don't see anything with it mm-hmm. means that we never actually figure it out. I forget what that that theory is called. But the idea that we don't see people who are time traveling is an indication that we never figure out time travel. Hmm. I forget what that theory is called. So there's that. But then, don't forget, there's the alien theory yeah. where the, 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 the idea that aliens are just a future version of us or, here's the kicker, a past version of us that are seeking. Because don't forget... For all you Star Wars nerds that are probably yelling at this, at the, I was going to say at the radio, but this isn't 1940, wow. yelling at whatever your podcast mechanism is, um, who all those Star Wars intergalactic everything, mm-hmm. what's the first thing they tell you about when it happened? A long time ago. Right. So maybe it's people in the past who are visiting. I don't know. And neither do you, Marco. <laughs> but Wars. so I don't know. But, you know, when you when you say, do you think it's happening? I know you mean in the sense of time traveling aliens or future us, past versions of us. There's endless one of those mm-hmm. weird pictures. You ever see those weird pictures where it's like the 1900s and it looks like someone's talking on a cell phone. And you oh. ever see those pictures? No, I've seen like. This was this has to be Keanu Reeves in eighteen fifty or something. Right. Something, well, you see those because <laughs> yeah. you know if we had a yearbook, <laughs> don't forget that we are genetically our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So really, photographs are fairly new. Mm-hmm. If we had a yearbook that that was went all the way back to like the eleven hundreds, mm-hmm. there would be undoubtedly you are identical to your great 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 great. Like there's yeah. countless times that you just. Re- identical to someone else so that i i Mm -hmm. I believe but there are times where he looks like oh it looks like this person's holding a camera and it's Mm -hmm. in a time where cameras didn't exist it looked like this person's talking on a phone or listening to a radio and it's a time that that didn't exist what are they holding to their Mm ears so excitedly like so there's little things like that but again those are pictures but but um who knows if that's happening in that sense but i do think it's happening marco so one of the cool ways that I'm crazy <laughs> is that <laughs> I like to be adventurous with those thoughts because, again, I I love entertaining out-of-the-box thoughts because, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, it's what we have. Yeah. You know, whatever is true is true whether I believe it or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever is true about the universe is true whether I believe it or not. Yeah. Whether I agree with mm-hmm. it or not, whether I see it right or see it incorrectly, mm-hmm. whether I'm accurate with my idea or not, mm-hmm. it's true whether I believe it or not. Right. So that <laughs> takes the onus off me completely. That's awesome. I get to think whatever I want. Oh, I like So that. if I think that this is what a God is, and uh-huh. this is what that about this, and this is what it isn't, and this is where it goes, and this is where it goes, who cares? Because whatever is true is true whether I believe mm-hmm. it or not. It is indifferent to my opinion of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yay. Hmm. That means I get to think of whatever and think of it in a way that, that is exciting for me, that's impactful for my own mission, which is to empire, inspire, empower, educate, and entertain mm-hmm. the masses. Right. Right? So do I think it's happening, Marco? What can I know? I can know that it is happening experientially. 
It was Monday, then it went to Tuesday, then it went to Wednesday. It was mid beginning May, mid-May, end May. Time traveling is happening every day I'm going through a day. Every day is a day I will never get back. Mm-hmm. There is no chance I can go to yesterday and change anything. Mm-hmm. Never mind 10 years ago. So do I think time travel is happening? Yes, every single day. And now I can play with that. <laughs> I know it's happening. I know I'm flying through it for whatever reason, experientially, if not really. So now I can say, I don't feel like running today. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like exercising today. I don't feel like doing this today. But if I was future me, <laughs> traveling back to now, mm-hmm. would I have wanted to go running? Would, have I, would I have wanted to fix that? And the answer is yes. Yeah. If I'm future me, Am I coming back in time because I didn't have the courage to end this poisonous relationship? Would future me want me to end this poisonous relationship? Would future me, we always say, what, what advice would you give to your past self? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, imagine your future self, what advice it would give you. Mm-hmm. Wow, I like that. Would your future self say, yeah, dude, definitely stay in a relationship where they treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five years from now, that's going to be the favorite thing you did. <laughs> hey, definitely five years, 10 years from now, we're going to be so happy that you ate endlessly and didn't exercise. <laughs> of course, we're so glad you stayed unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know that that's not what future we do. So we are traveling through time and it appears that we do it day by day. Yeah. But we also know if we are traveling through time, projection-wise, there is a future you. We often ask, what would you have now, advice would you give a younger you? Play with that mind experiment. What would 10 years from now you advice want uh, give you? What advice would they give you? Just think about that. And how would that change your behavior? Thanks, Marco. Thanks, Marco. All right, Leah, Leah. Princess Leia? Princess Leia. Princess Leia. That looks like Leia to me. Oh. Sorry, Leia. (laughs) Getting out of a long relationship. Tried everything I could to save it, but to no avail. Any tips for letting go of a relationship? You Thank you, Leia, so much. I appreciate it. I have some, some tips in the sense of what I do for stuff like that. I don't know if it's a tip as much as a process. I like to process things, so I like to roll around in it. I don't like to ignore it. I don't like to to beat it up. I just like to roll around in it, take the good, and and move on. I, I, I use perspective. I don't let go of anything. I use perspective. I, I allow it to stay with me. I allow it to stay with me, but not in the form that it dictates, in the form that I dictate. So the experience will stay with me in the positives that I learned from it, but I won't let it victimize me continuously, which is what we're saying when we say, let it go. So I tend to use the technique that we would use for anything else. Um, I wrote something called a funeral for past relationships. And and I wrote that because we, we've all been there. We've all been engulfed in the pain of a dead relationship right Leah you're, you're perform- when you say I'm trying everything you're trying you're performing emotional mm-hmm. spiritual and heart CPR and you're trying to revive this thing and you're arguing with reality and like I said the, the equation 
Why don't you this? Why don't you that? If you love me so much, why are you this? If you care for me, if you respect me, why, 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 why? Until you realize you're looking at the equation wrong. Mm -hmm. Once you realize that all of that's gone, well, that's why they treat you that way. <laughs> well, it turns out that's why you're like this. So you you argue with reality all these ways and you pump, 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 pump CPR and it doesn't work and the relationship dies. So what do you do when something dies? You have a funeral. Then the people around us tell us to move on. But how? So we feel we need closure. So we tend to make the mistake of waiting to get it from someone else, right? This is where we chase them around and we want them to be sorry. And it rarely happens. They're never going to be as sorry as how much they hurt you. They, those two levels never meet. And, and they'll only find other ways to hurt you. And as soon as they sniff that on you, they realize that the relationship ended, but you kept them in power. So you change the perspective. Instead of closure, you're left with pain, sadness, anger, and confusion. Wounds. These are wounds that unless you deal with them, they will become the emotional scars that will later be described as baggage. Oh, there it is. So we need a better way to heal from within than to wait for someone else to do it. Uh, our usual mistake, uh, our usual ma way makes no sense. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's like waiting for the one who stabbed you to also be the one to bandage you. So we break that cycle and, and we learn to be the driving force behind our own healing, right? We want to heal from within. Mm -hmm. So your relationship died. So have that funeral. There, there's nothing like a funeral to bring closure, to think about the good, the bad, the lessons to be learned, and, and to let go. Let the death of your relationship breathe new life into your new day. Let go, not for them, but for you. It's that perspective. Change that perspective because letting go of someone is powerful because guess what? They already let go of you. So have that funeral. Take the time to reflect on what you liked, what you feel you did right. Take that good. Reflect on the negatives, not with resentment, but with, with an opportunity to learn. Where did you miss these flags? What, what will you not tolerate? What should you have done differently? What could they do differently? What are the flags that you notice about the things that hurt you most? Take any lesson you can from the experience. You know, what could you have done better? Take the lessons. Use the funeral to bring closure and to take positives from the relationship. And then guess what? You wave goodbye. Be grateful for the experience and focus on today. Life is for the living. Love is for the living. Love yourself enough to be nourished by past relationships and allow what you've learned to help you bring out your greatest self. Bitterness and resentment are, are bottomless well. That you'll, you will let yourself age and you'll be bitter and, and lonely. <laughs> they, are, they are endless companions. There can only be healing when you heal from within. You, you're not going to be healed by the phenomenon of someone else's sorrow <laughs> rising to your level of pain. It just never happens. So save yourself from that endless hurt. When there's a death, there's a funeral. Take the good, acknowledge the life, then bury it and move on. Implement what you've learned and continue forward. That's, that's soul healing, Leah. 
It's it's lasting enhancement. You learn something. You are better for it, not bitter for it. It's healthy closure. So yes, my tip is to have a funeral for your past relationships. I love that. Good luck. Thanks. Good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. Um, All right, radio man. What do we got next? That's it, Steve Reeds. <laughs> and now... I tell you, it's going to be an hour every time. It's a little over an hour, but we're almost done. <laughs> we're almost done. And now it's time for... Wait, why Wait, are you mocking? No. Hold on. I don't like that. Hold on, I'm doing, I'm doing radio. And now it's time for... I feel like I'm overplaying it. Am I yes. overacting it? Yes. Am I an overactor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I a little exaggerating yeah. with my emotion? Yeah. And now it's time for... Steve Reed's. And today we're talking about why thank you everyone. I'll act like someone else said it. Why thank you. Oh, is it that time? <laughs> is it that time? Oh me? Is it gonna be little old me? <laughs> I wanna talk about um how you do everything how you do anything is how you do everything. And this is a picture that I posted, and this is the Steve Maraboli blog. So if you go to stevemaraboli.net, the blog is there, mm-hmm. right? And all different things I've written, some of the things that are published, some things that aren't, they're only published in the blog. Yeah. And that blog, with the release of Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness, will only be busier <laughs> and more controversial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing nice until <laughs> July. And then buckle up, folks. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, how you do anything is ha- and is how you do everything. This was posted with a picture, and I talk about being emotionally naked uh, in my writing. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is a picture where I was almost physically naked as well. Yeah. And this was about a body transformation, and it appears like a body transformation, and it definitely is mm-hmm. from the unhealthiest times of my life, a lot of which were I wrote about in this upcoming book. To the healthier times, which will be a reflection of of newer writings. But what I wrote with it was about the emotional uh, um, transformation that came with it. And so this is in the blog. And it's the closing thought of the day. It's Steve Reeves. (laughs) How you do anything is how you do everything. And I'm looking at these pictures and this is posted uh, as well on Mm -hmm. social media. Wow crazy when I see it side by side. This was supposed to be posted with an inspirational quote, but I feel the need to share what I feel. I hope you don't mind a morning rambling or therapy session. How you do anything is how you do everything. I look at this picture and I have a battle of emotions inside me. There are emotions of pride that swell with the thought of the work, dedication, and emotional maturity that come with successfully reconstruction, re- reconstructing habits. At the same time, there's a lamenting pain that seems to stem from seeing a version of myself I hardly recognize. I wasn't just eating poison. I wasn't just surrounding myself with poison. I wasn't just being intimate with poison, I was poison. That poisonous version of me was positively impacting the world while callously depleting and ruining the circle around him. At the same time, I was only attracted to things, circumstances, and people who would further my poison in my life. 
It was a disgusting cycle of inward and outward destruction and self-sabotage. When I see that, that recalled version of myself, I don't see a stranger but a foe. It was the lowest portrayal of myself, one I knew I was better than but couldn't escape the cycle until I did. Never again. When I hit rock bottom and bounced several times, <laughs> I decided to change, slow and steady, refining, improving, enhancing, loving myself enough to get rid of bad food, bad habits, and bad people. Loving myself enough to raise the standard for my life and my behavior. Loving myself enough to call myself out on my own bullshit and to take responsibility for the numerous ways I was poisoned to others. Loving myself enough to change my mindset and to commit to the arduous task of permanently changing my behavior. Loving myself to miss someone or something, but not want them back. Loving myself enough to let go and renew. Part of my life fell apart, and whatever was left, I flipped over. I was dedicated to starting fresh, to build upon the greatest parts of myself and to surrender myself and surround myself with people who would be conducive to my personal growth, building healthier relationships with food, with people, spiritually, mentally, and behaviorally. The best version of me would rise out of the ashes of the nuclear blast that scorched my past. My scars would be offered as my wisdom, while my blood, sweat, and tears would be the ink in which I would share my story. A story in which it is revealed that if you're on the right path and stray, no matter how far off the path you go and no matter how lost you get, you can always work your way back and continue on your journey. It's never too late. Anyone who tells you differently is simply wrong. So here I am, comfortable with myself, knowing I have been and can be both a devil and an angel, sharing with you that no matter what your past has been, you are here now, Today, with the power to change your life, get out of your own way. This is your life and you are the author. Pick up the pen, turn the page and start new. A new, better chapter. If you feel like you're better than what you've settled for, you are right. Make that shift today. Even if it's a small shift, it's scary and messy, but I promise you, Something great awaits ahead, and I'll be here in New York cheering you on. <laughs> so, so good. good. <laughs> so good. And that is how you do anything is how you do everything. And this has been the Steve Maraboli Podcast, <laughs> Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. I want to please, please check out our social media pages. Make sure you're dealing with the uh, blue verified checkmark. Uh, also, check out stevemariboli.net. We have a blog on there. Interact. Say what up. You can <laughs> use that on the social media pages yes. as well. Shout out to everyone who listens. Shout out to everyone who's followed me along this journey for so many years. It's so great to connect with so many of you. Uh, and shout out to audibletrial.com slash stevemariboli, where you can download a free audiobook uh, if you're a audiobook podcast nerd like I am. Uh, I alternate between the two. Always listening to new books. Uh, great conversations. I like 
Wow, conspiracy theory books. <laughs> I like uh, books on science. Yeah. I, I whether it's Bill Nye's book, mm-hmm. uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book, um, Reza Aslan's book. Um, I had conspiracy theories. Brad mm-hmm. Meltzer, of course. Yeah. Um, some great books. Audible uh, trial. AudibleTrial dot com slash Steve Maraboli. You can download a free book, and if you decide not to stay with Audible, keep the book. But if you decide to stay with Audible and their tremendous selection of audiobooks, uh, that's awesome too because you help mm-hmm. support our show. So check out audibletrial.com slash Steve Maraboli and just know that I'm appreciative and I thank you all so much. Staff, thank you so much for being thank awesome you. and for riling me up today. <laughs> and folks, this is the Steve Maraboli Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye, guys.